It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 3rd, 2020, recording on September 2nd, 2020. My name is Phil Brosman, right? Very hoarse for some reason, uh, but I am your host and Editor and, editor and site expert over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about the offseason. Just do a basic, basic offseason overview. I want to obviously talk about it a lot more in the days ahead, in the weeks ahead. We'll get into more details of some of the ideas that I think we could see play out for the Magic this offseason. We'll have plenty of time to get into them. We'll talk a little bit more about the draft on tomorrow. Again, do kind of a draft overview on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic. So consider this episode as well as tomorrow's episode as sort of your very basic off-season overview. Again, like I said, we will dive deeper into the details of all of those later on <clears throat> as we continue. Excuse me. I, I'm, I'm very hoarse for some reason. I think I've been screaming at my Xbox for, for too long as I played my last bits of NBA 2K20. I got the I got the Opal Dennis Johnson. I'm very proud of myself for that. Um, but before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. By searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the teams playing in the playoffs, such as the Milwaukee Bucks' heartbreaking loss to the Miami Heat? You can check out Locked On Bucks, Locked On Heat, Locked On Lakers, Locked On Clippers, Locked On Nuggets, and of course, with Game 7 tonight, Locked on Rockets and Locked on Thunder. I am really hoarse today. I don't know why. Um, I do know why, but 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 that's not that's, that's neither here nor there. You, no matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, or College Two, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Only at rockauto.com. Like I said, this offseason is going to be an interesting one. And we're going to talk about the biggest reason why this offseason has become more interesting. And that is, is of course, the injury to Jonathan Isaac. It is hard to describe how much that injury in and of itself changes the outlook for the Magic this summer. Like we've said, like we discussed uh, throughout the week here as the Orlando Magic season has come to a close, the Magic season wasn't a, a success. It was adequate. It wasn't a failure, but we won't call it a success. Disappointing feels strong, but apt. This is a team that wanted to push itself forward in the conversation around the league. This is a team that wanted to be more than just a playoff cameo. The goal, as Steve Clifford stated, really after the season ended, was 
you know, the goal was to make the playoffs number one and then to be a factor when they got there, to be a team that could make noise, possibly advance. The talk before the season, the talk at the beginning of the season was all about fighting for home court advantage. There are some people who picked the Magic to finish fourth and with the young team that they had and the potential for guys like Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon to step up and who knew what Markel Fultz would be back in October. With all that opportunity, it felt like the Magic could be that team bubbling under the surface that could surprise a lot of people. I, I wasn't quite on board with that. I thought that the Magic would pretty much finish exactly how they did. You know, Maybe a little bit better, but it, it, it certainly felt like the Magic had the potential to do more. Injuries, of course, changed all that, and this will be your pretty much recap of the season and expectations. Injuries pretty much changed all of that. Really, from the beginning of the season, injuries were such a huge story and just dominated dominated every moment of the year. And it's hard to say if this team would have taken that next step if they didn't face injuries, if they didn't have all the injuries that they had. At the end of the day, the Magic finished 33-40. and 40. Their win percentage, as well as their net rating actually, would peg them as a 37-win team. Eight of the nine games the Magic had taken from their schedule were against teams with losing records. So, say the Magic get four wins out of those eight, or four wins out of those nine to get to 37. Assuming, let's, let's, let's give the Indiana game, that second Indiana game away. Assuming then that the Magic have four more games against teams with records worse than 500 or teams, you know, with those bottom teams and the momentum the Magic were playing on, I personally don't think it's far-fetched to say the Magic would have finished with 39 to 40 wins. Again, not the 42-win season the Magic had last year, but certainly good enough to finish seventh and certainly good enough to make us say, look, they're at least as good as they were last year. Injuries really slowed them down, and, and maybe if not for the injuries, they would have finished with 45, 46 wins. That's the optimist in me. The Magic certainly seemed to believe that uh, as an organization, that things aren't as bad as they appear. This team just faced a lot of adversity. They didn't have the team they imagined, and with the margin for error as low as the Magic have, that changed everything. That changes everything everything that this team faces and this team was supposed to be and become. But let me put a dose of reality in that too. At 33-40, and the Magic finished 10 games behind the Philadelphia 76ers for 6th. So even if they would have gotten to 39-40 wins, that's still far behind that 6th seed. That is guaranteed 7th. But that is far behind six. A six and a three series, six and a three series can be close. But we're not under any impression that the Magic were anywhere close to Philadelphia, to Indiana, to Boston, to Miami. And that's the exact problem. That's the exact situation the Magic find themselves in because. We sensed throughout this entire season that, yes, despite the injuries, despite everything else, Orlando had reached something of its ceiling. That Orlando wasn't climbing over the hill, over that mountaintop, into not true contention. We're not talking about winning a championship here yet. 
but into a place where they can seriously say, we can win a playoff series. Again, it's not that the players shouldn't believe that they could beat Milwaukee, but let's be real. Steve Clifford even walked out of that Magic Bucks series very happy with how his team played. I'm honestly happy with how the team played. They gave it their all. They left it all on the floor. They gave the Bucks a good fight. And frankly, they laid a little bit of a blueprint that Miami's following to take a 2-0 series lead in that series. The Magic are clearly missing some key pieces that are just beyond the injuries that are keeping them from achieving that next step. As I said throughout the season, the number one goal for the year was to make the playoffs again. To prove that the 2019 playoff appearance wasn't a fluke. It wasn't just the product of a 22-9 spurt. That this team could manage through a season, make the playoffs, and, you know, we'll see, do more. But obviously you can't stay stuck in the same place. You can't stay stagnant for too long in this league. As I said, on previous podcasts, you're either moving forward or moving backward. And while making the playoffs for a second straight year is a step forward in a way, it's just a tiptoe. And now this team has to ask itself, and this is the big question for the summer, or one of the big questions for the summer, how do we take that next step? Can this team, can this group take that next step? And what can we do to put them in a better position to do so? These are the big questions. These are the questions that, you know, if I were Jeff Weltman, I'd write those questions on my whiteboard. And I'd stare at them every day. And I'd ask myself those questions every day so that I can try and have a better understanding or just have my goals and what I'm trying to accomplish with this team clearly in my head, visibly in front of me at all times. How does this team get better? How does this team get closer to the championship? How does this team improve and take that next step? And answering those questions is going to be the hardest thing to do for Jeff Weltman this offseason. This is not an offseason that's make or break. Jeff Weltman is not in any kind of trouble. The team has made playoffs in two of the three years that he has been an executive of this team. The hiring of Steve Clifford was a masterful decision. He was the perfect coach for this team. He turned this, he, he did exactly what he did in Charlotte and more. Charlotte never made playoffs in the back in back-to-back years in his five years with the Hornets. So he's already accomplished something that he didn't do in Charlotte. And arguably, this Magic team has a worse roster than what Charlotte had. At least Charlotte had Kemba Walker, who's a bucket getter. And you can tell that's probably one of the big needs the Magic have. But unfortunately. This summer is a very difficult one because the Magic are once again hamstrung by the salary cap and also hamstrung by the loss of perhaps their most important player in Jonathan Isaac. And decisions that are made this summer are going to reverberate far beyond 2021 because already it feels like 2021 is a lost season. We'll talk about that cap situation coming up here in just a moment. But first... Let me tell you a little bit about rockauto.com. When your car is sounding like my voice is sounding today, just a little hoarse, something something just doesn't feel right. The engine's not revving right. You got you to gotta figure out what's wrong with your car. And if you're someone that likes to fix it, fix your car yourself or, do, or work on your car, the place to go to get the parts that you need is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com 
is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, what can the Magic do this offseason? You know, obviously, we, we have to start by talking about the needs. And, and, and the needs for this Magic team are not anything positional. It's, it's not about, you know, they need a point guard. They need this or that or the other thing. The need is skill-based. We know what these needs are. The playoffs exposed them dramatically. And, 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 and again, they were known before the playoffs, as I've said, that this entire process, frankly, there was very little the Magic were going to learn from inside the campus that they didn't already know. The Magic need playmakers. They need bucket getters. They need scorers. They need shooters. They got the defense down pat. They got enough strong defenders that if they had that other piece, they'd be in business. Frankly, I think the biggest issue the Magic faced, and again, some of it was they just they didn't have any power forwards because Aaron Gordon got hurt. But I think one of the biggest issues the Magic face is, is you know, their, A, their margin for error is just so tiny, but their defense has to carry so much weight that when their defense struggles which it has struggled for a while now, the rest of their team struggles. Everything else suffers. Their offense gets fed off their defense, especially because Markel Fultz is so good at pushing the ball up, up the floor and really controlling pace. I mean, I think that's honestly the biggest biggest thing for him. Um, and the biggest uh, uh, benefit that he has is his just understanding of how to control pace. Um, it's not that he plays fast. It's not that he plays at a, at a speed that's overly quick. It's not that he's getting the ball up and down the floor more. The statistics actually show that that's not happening. It's certainly happening. You know, he's certainly playing at a faster pace than DJ Augustine, who plays at one of the slowest paces in the league. Um, but, but he's not necessarily like going at breakneck speed. It's all control, and that's what's really impressive about Markel Fultz. And again, why I think there's still so much untapped potential and trusting him a little bit more because I think he can eventually get the team up at a, at a faster pace. But. That only happens if the defense is right. And the Magic's half-court offense is just, you know, a bog. You know, next week we're going to start doing some player evaluations where we start talking about specific player seasons. And, you know, I've had my writers at Orlando Magic Daily start to do some of this. I've helped them out with some some statistical research as well. I was looking at Evan Fournier and, 
You know, Evan Fournier is an elite player off, off, off cuts. When he's working off the ball, off screens and off cuts, he is a very good scorer. He's a very smart cutter. And, and again, I don't think he's a bad pick-and-roll player, but the issue has always been the Magic put the ball in his hands too much. He is not a secondary ball handler. He is not a secondary playmaker and scorer. That's not the role that he is ideal for. That doesn't mean he still can't be effective in that role in certain stretches, but the Magic put that responsibility on him when that is not what he is best at. And again, that's, to me, the biggest problem. If the Magic could go out tomorrow and find a superstar, not even a superstar caliber player, just a a, a guy who can go out and get points and just make everything kind of work around him in a way that Nikola Vucevic can't because Nikola Vucevic is a center, I think that would make the Magic significantly better. That's why one of my ideas for the offseason is, you know, to take a flyer on a guy like DeMar DeRozan. I mean, shoot. I would not be against going after Carmelo Anthony if, he, if, if the money was right and Anthony brought the right attitude and, and kind of bought, bought into the team's culture. The Magic just need a guy that's going to get buckets, but I'll explain why the Carmelo Anthony idea works in one sense and, and doesn't work in another. The issue, though, is the Magic just don't have the money to spend. The issue is the Magic this year are going to be over the cap once again. Why are the Magic over the cap if they you know, don't have a lot of don't have a lot of hope, or they are or not, not hope, but don't have this this one important piece. Well, it's because they went out and spent all, to keep all their guys. Essentially, the Magic faced a decision last offseason, and it was I think it was the decision that Jeff Weltman was waiting for. To, to be frank, it was: Do we maintain our roster? Do we maintain a group that made the playoffs for the first time in seven years, or? Do we rebuild? And frankly, it I think it would have been very tough to justify breaking up a team that just made the playoffs for the first time in seven years. A, I think that sends a bad message to agents and to the rest of the league that says, look, we don't care that we accomplished something that we've been trying to accomplish for a very, very long time. We're going to start over anyway. I think that sends a bad message. Um, I think to, I mean, I, I don't know how whether people believe that business interest should, should play any role, but I think... It also sends a bad message to the fan base. As, as I tell a lot of people on Twitter, so I will say it here too, the people who listen to this podcast, the people who follow me on Twitter, the people who I talk to online are not Dick and Jane Magic fan. I mean, that's, that's just the reality. Most Magic fans are going to a Magic game once, once every year, maybe twice every year, following the playoffs uh, and paying attention when they win. They're not in this nitty-gritty stuff. They don't care about the salary cap. And so I personally, I think it sends a very bad message to a kind of casual fan base. And, you know, Orlando's a small market, so they need to need everyone in that they can get in. I think it sends a bad message to the fan base that, you know, yes, we want to win. We're trying to win a championship. We're, we're promising a championship way off in 2030. Yeah, I use that number, number specifically. We don't care about the present. At the end of the day, I think just people want to see a winner. But, you know, you know, the playoffs are nice, and certainly you don't want to be going in and out of the first round over and over again. I, I think that's bad. But getting there for the first time, I don't think that was something that the Magic wanted to disvalue. I, I, I think that is something the Magic wanted to say, hey, we value this. You guys did the work. You delivered something for us, and... We think we can still grow from the middle. And so the Magic, 
Obviously, two summers ago, we signed Aaron Gordon to a long-term deal. They resigned Nikola Vucevic to a four-year deal. They resigned Terrence Ross to a four-year deal. And those numbers add up. I mean, Evan Fournier is coming on the last year of a $17.2 million billion a year contract. He has a player option for the summer, which I think most, most of us expect him to take. Um, and, you know, Aaron Gordon's up around $20 million. Nikola Vucevic is around $25. Terrence Ross is, you know, up near, what, $13, $14 million. You know, these are all on team-friendly deals. It's not like the Magic can't do anything with them. But these numbers add up. And with the $109 million cap this summer, it was expected to jump to 115. It's probably going to settle in around 112, 110, maybe stay at the same 109 number. The Magic are again over the cap. And so the Magic will not have the ability to go out and sign free agents. Even if Evan Fournier opts into the or opts out of the final year of his deal and becomes a free agent. Even if that happens. The Magic will still be, uh, will still be, they'll be under the cap at that point by my math. But it will still be unlikely they'll be able to sign anyone of, of significance. In fact, I would argue it is better for the Magic if Evan Fournier opts into that final year of his contract because then at least they have a starting shooting guard. Let's go through the numbers for you real fast just in case you're curious about anything. The Magic currently have roughly $96 million in guaranteed salary. Like I said, the salary cap for this summer was 109. It's supposed to jump to 115. It's probably going to be around 112, 110. So the Magic are already at $14 million under the cap. Evan Fournier, obviously, $17.2 million in salary if he picks up his player option. That takes them over the cap. Now, you might be saying, okay, let's say Fournier opts out. We still have $14 million to spend. That should be enough to get a starter. Not so fast, my friend. The Orlando Magic have cap holds on Chuma Okiki. A cap hold is essentially a placeholder salary to make sure that you kind of take care of your own guys first before going out and signing other players. They're easily withdrawn and re- reasserted as needed. So it's kind of an imaginary number, but we're going to assume the Magic are going to keep Chuma Okiki on the books and have him, uh, have him be on the roster. That plus the 15th overall pick in this year's draft will create a cap hold of about $5.5 million. So again, we were at $14 million under the proposed 110 cap. Now that's nine. A little bit less than nine. And that's not even getting to, well, are the Magic going to resign DJ Augustine? Are the Magic going to resign Wessel Wundu? Are the Magic going to resign Michael Carter Williams? What about James Ennis and his player option, which he'll likely pick up as well? All this again adds up very quickly. Even if Evan Fournier does not opt into the final year of his contract, which we expect him to do. The Magic will be, you know, under the cap, but not in, not in a significant way. Not in a way that they could go out and sign a true impact player. And like I said, it would be better for the Magic if Fournier opts in. They retain him as a trade asset at the very least, but they also keep a starting caliber shooting guard. That is, of course, if the goal next year is to win. Now, the Magic will still have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. That's the same contract that they used to sign Alfred Camino. So it's roughly $9 million. So you can still get a quality player. I mean, I know we didn't see Alfred Camino very much this year and he didn't play great when he was in. But he is still, assuming he comes back healthy, a starting caliber player. I mean, I still think that Alfred Camino deal, while four years was pretty, was a little bit excessive. 
is not a bad deal for a guy of his caliber. Again, Magic needs shooters and scorers more, and I think we can debate to the end of time whether that was the right use of an asset, but I think we saw in the playoffs how much the Magic needed bodies to throw at a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, again, I, I'm, I'm going to leave the jury out on there. I, I, I get why the Magic signed a medium. That's not what I would have done, but I, I don't think it's a terrible signing. And But again, he's got to produce. He's got to get back out on the floor and got to see what he can do. So, uh, again, we'll, 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 we'll wait on that as well. So, again, the Magic are over the cap, essentially. They'll only have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. They're not near the tax line yet. And, of course, they've got big decisions coming up next summer with Jonathan Isaac and Marco Fultz both entering restricted free agency unless the Magic sign them to an extension. What does this all mean then? What does this mean for the Magic? What does this mean for what they should do? The answer to that question still has to do with Jonathan Isaac and a whole lot more. Before we dive into that, though, we need to take a quick break, replenish our spirits, uh, and pick up our energy. And the best way to do that is to eat the best protein bar on the market. I cannot, I cannot recommend this protein bar enough. Built Bar is one of the best products I have I've used. We've we've advertised a lot of products on this show. You know, I I try it out every every once in a while. But like like I've said, I'm not a car person. I, I I don't know. I don't know much about what's going on. What I do know is, after workout, I need a little bit of energy energy boost. After, you know, kind of a smallish lunch or, or just a quick lunch, I need a meal replacement. I need something that's going to get me through my day and taste good. Um, you know, and honestly, this isn't even a meal replacement. It's just kind of a nice, quick energy boost. And that's what a protein bar is supposed to do. It isn't chalky. It isn't granola. It tastes like a candy bar. I cannot recommend Built Bar enough. I actually bought three more boxes of them today. I'm not kidding. I have the receipt in my inbox. I won't show it to you because I don't want you to have access to my email. Built Bar comes in delicious flavors, 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like cookies and cream and caramel brownie. Those are two of the ones that I bought. They're delicious. I'm excited to try them. Also comes in the 12 original flavors, which includes German chocolate, which I've had, which was fantastic, banana bread, which will be in my next order, and double chocolate, which is probably my favorite one that I've had so far. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets. Check out the flavor profile in Cookies and Cream. You probably think a Cookies and Cream bar, that's got to be full of calories. That probably doesn't taste right. Well, I can tell you if all the other flavors are like they said they are, you know, like double chocolate mousse is is the double chocolate one, it tastes like double chocolate mousse. And and take a load of this. The Cookies and Cream flavor profile, 17 grams of protein. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. I used it and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, 
As I see things, the Orlando Magic have a few paths forward. Uh, and I, I think we're going to spend a good chunk of the rest of this offseason discussing these different paths. Because, you know, let's face it, we got a lot of time to kill. The draft isn't until October, and even then, it might not be in October. Uh, free agency could come shortly after that, or it could wait till December. We don't quite know all these answers yet, or quite what comes next for the league. We're all just waiting. Sitting and waiting. Uh, and so I, I, there are definitely paths forward for the Orlando Magic. That Again, we'll, we'll discover these more over the course of the next few, few weeks and months. But all of it comes down to one thing. Just how much do the Orlando Magic believe in Jonathan Isaac? This isn't a statement of giving up on Jonathan Isaac. This isn't a statement of not trusting him to rehab and, and rehab assiduously. It, it, it's... Simply put, the Orlando Magic's future, both at the end of last season as well as what should have been at the end of this season, is built on what Jonathan Isaac can be. Now, granted, the Magic still have holes regardless of Isaac because Jonathan Isaac is still a very limited offensive player, still got a long way to go. And so... And so, you know, it's, it's, Jonathan Isaac still got a long way to go offensively. That, that, that's, that's, that's really the, the bottom line. And, and, and his development offense, and, and, and it's hard for a player to take such a dramatic leap offensively as, as a primary scorer to become a true superstar. You either kind of have it or you don't. And so the Magic would still need a little extra. But honestly, I would say, you know, with Vucevic, with Isaac, the Magic are re- were really just one, maybe elite or semi-elite score away from being a really interesting and dangerous team. We hoped Aaron Gordon would take that leap, and he struggled to do so this past year. And so Isaac's injury changes some of the calculus. Isaac's injury... A is going to force the Magic to sign him blind. So again, we talked about how all those numbers add up and how, how you know you have all these big salaries and eventually takes you over the cap and into the luxury tax. The Magic are going to have to give Jonathan Isaac his own big salary. That rookie contract is running out. And so at some point, Orlando is going to have to consolidate some assets, trade away some guys, and make a decision. Isaac's injury and the fact that Isaac will not play in the 2021 season is going to make next season harder. Let's be real. Let's be clear. This front office does not believe in tanking. They're not going to purposely make this team worse or bad to try and align themselves for a draft pick. And the 2021 draft is significantly better than the 2020 draft. Let's, let's also make that perfectly clear. They believe, and Steve Clifford certainly believes, that young players especially grow best when they're put in a situation where they have to win. When they're put in an environment where winning is expected and everybody is working toward a real goal. Not some fake, you know, we're trying to finish the season strong toward a real goal. That's just who Steve Clifford is. That's why they hired him. That's why he's a great foundation coach. As much as Jeff Waltman hates the word and hates the concept of culture, 
That is the best way to describe it. It is a culture of accountability. And frankly, as I've said on here numerous times before, I don't think the Magic make the playoffs last year or this year without last year's playoff experience, without the expectation and the knowledge that they can make the playoffs. But Isaac's injury does make things harder. The Magic were a worse defensive team with Isaac on the floor, and their offense didn't pick up without, without, without him either. The Magic finished 15 and 16 in 31 games that Isaac missed um, after, during his original injury. And a lot of those games were a struggle. It took the Magic a long time to figure themselves out. And Markel Fultz will help, and Nikola Vucevic is good, and Evan Fournier is good, and Aaron Gordon can be good. But that team is, like I said earlier, likely not going anywhere. That team is not winning a championship. That team is probably not taking that important next step to the next round. And so the question, again, the big question that Jeff Weltman has to ask himself repeatedly over and over again is, how do I make this team better? How do I set this team up for success? How do I get this team to that next level? Certainly, a let-it-ride approach is possible. The Magic could look to try this roster out one more time. You know, make some cosmetic signings on the, on the fringe to bolster the rotation. Rely on Alfred Kuminu coming back healthy. Rely on Chumo Kiki as a potential contributor. Rely on their draft pick as a potential contributor right off the top. They could do all that and see if they can get back to the playoffs. You know, unless Aaron Gordon comes back as a dominant player or Chimo Kiki is significantly better than we all imagine, probably means another quick first-round exit and a low 7 or 8 seed. That's, that's, that's the reality. Does John, adding Jonathan Isaac a year off of a torn ACL and now want a bigger contract change that calculus, change that math? That's that's the question at the heart of everything. The Magic could look to trade some of their players and start to flip over this roster and start making some moves. Like I've said to a lot of people, I, I think the Magic want to make the playoffs, but they're not going to sell out to do so. If they don't feel like their team is playoff good, they're not going to go trade a bunch of assets to get playoff good. They can still be careful and cautious and, and read read everything. One thing they could do is they could go chase after a star player and kind of add him to the mix and see what he looks like. I think, you know, I don't think DeMar DeRozan is the guy, but I think adding a DeMar DeRozan might help this team a little bit more than people think. So maybe you go take a one-year flyer on him. Maybe you see what you see what you could get for him. Or you could hit the soft reset button, and that's what I think the Magic are going to try and do. I think the Magic can kind of use this offseason and potentially use next season as sort of a wash year because, again, they're, they're probably not going to go anywhere without Jonathan Isaac. But I think they can use the year as something of a soft reset. Try and clear the books a little bit. Try and get back into a better financial position where they could, you know, work their sal- work the salary cap a little bit more, position themselves, you know, for a big summer down the road or as a team that can absorb some salary down the road. That probably means trading one of their core players, which they probably have to do at some point anyway. 
as much as as much as the Magic need Evan Fournier to opt into his deal, it feels like he's the odd man out down the road. And at some point, the Magic have to trade away one of these big salaries. Now, what they get for them, will they will they look to clear the books? Will they look for someone young? Will they look for a veteran? Will they look to consolidate into a, a better player? That's going to be tough to do, but that could be what the market bears. I want to di- I'm going to explore and dive into the soft reset idea a little bit further, but I think that's what the Magic ultimately do. I don't think that they trade with Golden State to get the second pick, although that is certainly something that feels like it's on the table. I don't think that they value anyone at the top of this draft enough to trade a major asset for. And Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic, and Evan Fournier. Well, Fournier won't be at that point, but, but you get the drift. I don't think that there's a player at the top of this draft to do that for. That, that fits what the Magic want to be. But I do think it's important for the Magic to accomplish one of two goals. Probably both of these goals this summer. With the idea that yes, or by the end of next season more than this summer. With the idea that yes, the 2021 season might be a little bit of a wash. The Magic are going to say that. The Magic are going to play it that way. They're going to try to make the playoffs. As they should. They're good enough to make the playoffs. They're too talented to not make the playoffs. And this franchise and this front office isn't going to just start selling pieces off. That's not how they approach things. But what I think we'll see, what I think that the Magic will try to do, is try to clear their books, you know, consolidate some salaries in a few places, and put themselves in a better position moving forward for when Isaac comes back. Because the goal for me The goal for me between now and the end of the 2021 season is to have this team look like the team it ultimately wants to be. To have this team look like the finished product or the team that Jeff Weltman envisions. It's about taking that next step and becoming the team that gets there. Even if 2021 is not quite all the way there. I want to thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore Bean. Of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us on there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. Talk about some of the options the Magic have in the draft as well as we continue our beginning of our off-season overview. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Phil Cross from Earth. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Lockdown. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.